Spice people, welcome back to the podcast and our radio show here at Bobo 89.1 FM. I am your host, Bella Rooney, and today we are joined by Richard McGree. Macquarie. <laughs> Macquarie with Richard Macquarie, Environmental Social Governance Program Manager at DART, working on the Regen Project, among other things. Um, so thanks so much for coming to chat with us today. Hi, Bella. Great to be here. Looking, looking forward to having the discussion. Oh, awesome. Okay. So you have a background in all sorts of stuff, commercial and market development, along with environmental ad- advising to government and industrial bodies. You're providing value-add solutions to environmental sustainable infrastructure projects. You're also a Rot- Rotary Central Rotarian, which is where I met you and I got thrown into your booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> By luck or judgment, we, uh, our paths crossed. They yeah. did. No, honestly, I, I mean... Nobody really better to have been thrown into a booth with. <laughs> so let's start by getting to know you a little bit better. You've been in Cayman for two or three years? Uh, it'll be three years in August. Okay, yeah. three years. And how did you find yourself in the ESG field? And what's your favorite thing about Cayman and our beautiful Paradise Islands? Uh, well, the ESG field is something I guess I've developed in my career over, over time. It hasn't always been core to my career, environmental uh, and the social aspects of my career being an um, environmental and engineering consultant in various jurisdictions across the world, working principally on environmental infrastructure, has, uh, I guess, led me down that, that path. Um, and, you know, over the years, there's been a very clear development in the, in the requirements and necessity of environmental social governance. Mm. All three aspects are very important to the communities in which infrastructure is being developed or on a global scale, as we you know, we I talk about... Um, um, COP, uh, UN right. aspects, um, and, and really moving forward in a sustainable way. Yeah. So it's I, I wouldn't say I've um, I've really drawn into it from a very specific, um, you, you know, you could say theoretical perspective. It's very much a practical perspective mm, right. in alignment with uh, infrastructure and development projects that I've been involved with throughout my career. From a Cayman perspective. Um, uh, I actually arrived in Cayman not really knowing what it was what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is in the um, is in the finance sector, and um, we were we are gradually transitioning our way from um, Australia, where we lived for ten years, mm. um, and, and, and I guess ultimately making our way back to Europe, um, yeah. but weren't quite <laughs> ready to give up the uh, the good weather and the, right. uh, the beautiful oceans and. Um, so um, came and presented a an opportunity for her, and uh, being the dutiful husband, I I followed and um, and uh, was very very fortunate to have an opportunity to pick up a role within Dart and and principally around um, supporting the development of the Regen project. Okay, great. So that's kind of what your role is then at, at Dart. It's more is it other island projects or really? I mean, you don't work with Dart Container. The, the, the. No, no, I have no involvement with Dart Container right. at all. Um, so I'm a, I am a Dart employee mm-hmm. on island. Um, I work with the infrastructure within the infrastructure group mm-hmm. within within Dart, but exclusively on um, on projects. Ninety percent of my time is is on Regen. Mm-hmm. I do provide some support and advisory services on on other services and environmental social governance, you know, around what potentially broader planning opportunities or um, particularly the environmental side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, spent a lot of my career working in, I suppose, with government, with policymakers, regulators, things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, um, but Regen is, is such a big project and complex project. Yeah. Um, it really does take up the vast majority of my yeah. time. That makes perfect sense because it is a massive, <laughs> massive project. So, well, let's let's get into that. So, basically, I kind of stalked the website, kind of you know read every single thing on it, which I think everybody should do, right? Um, so, the website describes it as a multi-million-dollar project underway to turn Georgetown's landfill site into a green space and build state-of-the-art infrastructure that, when finished, will provide recycling and turn materials that aren't recycled into electricity to power our homes and businesses. Regen will help create a cleaner, greener Cayman Islands for the benefit of the whole community. And that sounds freaking fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. And because this is such a big project and it's had a lot of media attention, um, you know, we have some incredible promises like Cayman's trash will be used to generate approximately nine megawatts of electricity. That's enough to power 2,000 homes and businesses in Cayman or... 
the other one, rem, uh, remediating the existing landfill will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by more than 2,000 tons a year, <laughs> equivalent to removing more than 5,000 cars from our roads every year, which we have a lot of cars. <laughs> and lastly, new facilities for processing green waste, metal household waste, and construction and demolition waste will allow more things to be recycled. So these are all things that we really desperately need, especially with a, gr- a, a, a dump that's just growing and growing and growing. Um, and it's a very expensive thing, you know, and an investment for our island. Um, so I reached out to a bunch of unofficial podcast advisors uh, and asked them some questions they'd like to ask you. So let's kind of dive into those. The first one being the process of turning waste into sustainable energy. Your website says combustion, steam, recycle, and then filter emissions. So can you give us the crash course of exactly the process of doing that? Sure. Um, so what, what we're developing in it is an energy from waste facility. Now, it's proven technology. It was technology that was chosen by the Cayman Islands government having gone through a technology due diligence process. Okay. So that came along with a package um, during the procurement phase uh, of this project, you know, subsequent to the, um, the government developing a uh, solid waste management strategy. Mm. Um, energy from waste, in essence, is, is quite simple, but it's also very robust which is important on an island that obviously can be affected by heavy weather events and storms and hurricanes and and things like that, Um, can have supply chain issues as a result of those um, events. But in essence, the technology is, um, waste is, it's an an enclosed building. So waste is um, delivered to a tipping hole, which is under a negative pressure. That makes sure we're not emitting odors outside the building. That waste is then put into a bunker where a crane and a crane operator makes the waste. Homogenous is the phrase, but essentially you're blending the waste to try and get a a consistent calorific value. And by that, I mean kind of energy profile of the waste. So each each type of waste types, be it um, paper or plastic Mm -hmm. or wood or... Green waste will have a, a moisture content, but also a, a calorific value. Um, and you want to have that as a homogenous material to go in into then the grate. So the, the crane li- lifts the um, the grab, lifts the waste out of the bunker, puts it into a what is a moving grate. Um, the material moves along the grate and is combusted to complete combustion. In that process, you're generating heat. Mm-hmm. That heat is then utilized to um, heat water in an enclosed system. Mm-hmm. The water is then uh, generates steam, and the steam generates a steam turbine, which is very traditional, well-known yeah. te- technology. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what... So where CUC use diesel, mm-hmm. we're using waste. waste. Huh. Um, that turbine then generates the, uh, the power that is exported to the grid and distributed you know, through the island. Um, so wow. into the central grid system for distribution. So in essence, that's the um, that's the the methodology of an energy from waste system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's enclosed. It's safe. It's well, very well proven mm-hmm. uh, in its in its nature. There are many, many hundreds of um, mass burn combustion energy from waste plants around the world. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that, whilst I wasn't on island during that decision-making process, mm-hmm. that is all, having been involved in other processes like that, it's very often a significant factor as to why mass burn is, is chosen because it is proven it's robust part, spares, maintenance, operation and maintenance is a well-understood process. And um, there's no doubt it is. Um, you want something of that nature on a small island that maybe doesn't have the same level of support infrastructure that mainline Europe might have right. or the States might mm-hmm. have or, you know, you know, the UK. Yeah, it's a great way for us to become self-sustainable. Correct. Right? That, that's, that's absolutely right. And ultimately, you also need a system that um, has a capacity to manage, um, you know, the uh, volumes and, and increasing volumes of waste. Mm-hmm. But I would also make the point that this is an integrated solid waste management system. So it's not all in any sense all predicated against energy from waste you you mentioned green waste processing yes what's the difference there well the reality is green waste is a 
it's an organic material. Mm-hmm. It has a, you could say, a circular economy benefit mm-hmm. in as much as if you process a material as is proposed in the um, the Iswims. I'm going to start calling it Regen now. Yeah, go- um, <laughs> yeah. The traditional name was was Iswims, but uh, Iswims. Regen, the, the the Regen, it's less of a mouthful. Mm. Um, infrastructure where it's the material, uh, depending on the material type, if it's particularly woody, it will get... Um, can be used as mulch. It'll be mulched, chipped and mulched. Um, and other green waste types um, can then be composted in open windrow composting. Also a very well-proven mm-hmm. technology for generating um, good quality compost on an island that essentially has typically quite a low soil quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and soil that has quite high salinity and mm-hmm. very often. So having the opportunity to bring that material in, process it, and put it back out the gate for opportunities for farmers or communities or individuals to, you know, improve their gardens, to um, grow vegetables, or you know, there's, there's a multitude of uses that are just generating better quality soil in the island that increase and improve productivity. And then it's not, in, you know, clearly isn't considered as a, as a waste. It's genera- It's a product you're generating right. a product. Right. So there. So so the waste. So that's including medical waste as well. When we're talking about these are so. I'm trying to break it so we have green waste and then we have other wastes like medical waste and, and and metals and toxic waste and stuff like that. They all get put over here. And then what about plastics that are recyclable? Do those all get added over here with green yeah. waste? Yeah, so, so the recycling elements that um, we'll get uh, that clearly have an opportunity for, mm-hmm. for recycling. Um, you know, I should say and the infrastructure that is being developed has to go hand in hand with um, the government, the DEH operation right. and their collection operations and the expansion of those um, because it's generating capacity to allow us to recycle more cans, mm-hmm. more paper, mm-hmm. more card, mm-hmm. more plastics, back into glass for sure. Please, yes. Uh, for sure. I think everybody's certainly looking forward <laughs> to that. I think we are. <laughs> um, all, all the materials that are... Um, very well known and understood globally, you would say, for, for recycling. Mm-hmm. Cayman's always going to be in a challenging position that, given our size and the volumes that we generate are relatively low, mm-hmm. it is hard to then produce secondary industries across the, mm-hmm. or for right. those particular materials. We mm-hmm. just don't have the economies of scale. Mm-hmm. So for many of the dry recyclables, as they're called, your plastics, paper, card, um, yeah. steel, aluminium cans and other metals, that will have to go to for export, typically to the States, right. for secondary mm-hmm. processing and generation into new into new products. Okay. Um, the other aspects that you mentioned, medical waste obviously has a, by its very nature, has a hazardous... Very you know, much so. <laughs> um, so that's, that's an aspect of, and the reason why a separate medical waste uh, incinerator is being developed okay. as part of the process so that's outside the energy recovery you don't really want blending of that it's no. very by its nature it should be collected and processed pretty much in in, in real time oh, oh, and, yeah. and separately so a separate facility well you don't want that material you know kind of sitting around for too long or yeah. thing things like that and obviously the other thing is Cayman obviously has an expanding Med- uh, medical yes you know the number of facilities hospitals being built yes. um so there is a requirement mm-hmm. um and by the nature of the waste and the processes and protocols and procedures that go along with the handling of that material, mm-hmm. that it is kept, it is kept separate and goes through a, a separate facility. Um, what what else have we got in the in the integrated waste infrastructure? Um, dry recycling we've talked about. Uh, there will be an expanded and new household waste recycling centre. Mm-hmm. So it really is about encouraging the community to bring materials that can be reused, yeah. recycled um, to a new facility that will allow the diversion of those, separation and diversion of those materials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just easier mm-hmm. for, for particularly the community and, mm-hmm. and people to do that. Be it large bulk items, things like that, and they get obviously diverted to the the most appropriate point of right. either you know if it's absolutely waste, then it, it'll go to the energy recovery facility. But if it has a reuse element or a recycling element, then it gets diverted into those particular waste streams and, and right. packaged up those materials uh, to be exported. I see. Um, okay. In its entirety, the project is predicated against the waste hierarchy. Right. Refuse, mm-hmm. reduce, reuse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Recycle, mm-hmm. combust, <laughs> which is energy from waste, mm-hmm. 
and landfill being and having been globally the lowest form or method of waste disposal so mm-hmm. that then becomes essentially the, the, the that's your the last option the last option <clears throat> hence transitioning away from georgetown landfill yeah uh I think it's been pretty well articulated that mm-hmm. certainly over the last few weeks that mm-hmm. um, uh, the landfill will be facing capacity constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's just an opportunity to be much more sustainable in how, we, how everybody can manage their waste on islands. Mm-hmm. And this infrastructure presents people and with the tools to allow them to do that, mm-hmm. as well as the commercial operations and, um, you know, a, a, essentially a combined approach um in the partnership it's mm-hmm. a this project is a public private partnership right between um the dark consortium and the cayman islands government and um and dh mm-hmm. um to collaborate and expand both on the education and the actual operational management of recyclables and the opportunities for those those materials to be um, right. directed to the the best end use. Right, and lots of jobs created. And, <laughs> and nice. another upside is lots right. of jobs created. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely, and, and upskilling of of um, of you know really different jobs as well. Yeah. So and you know it's not. Um, you know, it's it's engineers. It's um, it's not mucky jobs. Processor. There still will be an aspect of operations and, and of course, plant operators and things like that are are, um, waste by its nature can be Mm -hmm. a bit of a mucky business. It won't be as mucky (laughs) as landfilling. I can tell you that. (laughs) Right. Um, But just by its by its nature. And, and, you know, health and safety is very, very important whenever you're managing waste. Because the reality is none of us know what somebody puts in a bin. So these guys have to go out and collect it and manage it. And, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, there. A lot of moving parts, a lot of procedures and processes that um, um, will come with the, the training regime that comes with all this infrastructure. And you think Cayman produces enough waste? So I, I know some countries maybe bring in waste from other to, to other countries to help fuel their incinerators. Will we have <coughs> enough here to do that? We will. First thing to say is we are absolutely, and the project is absolutely not importing any okay. waste from any other countries. Cool. Um, that um, th- I mean, in, in essence, is actually international protocols prohibiting oh, really? the transfrontier shipment of mm. of waste. So obviously, recyclables can yeah. move around. Yeah, but and there are waste. some instances of where hazardous or mm. um, you know the, those much more challenging waste types, like mm-hmm. radioactive waste, things like right, have right, to right, go right. to specific facilities. Yes, yes. Um, but when it comes to general household or commercial waste. There will be no import of waste onto the islands, onto Grand Cayman, except to say that the project is obviously supporting Cayman Brac and Little Cayman. Right. Well, of course. Yeah, that would have to come from so, there, right? So, all yeah. one country. Yep. And it's an integrated um, um, approach for all of those. So, there, there yeah. will be small elements of infrastructure developed on, on the sister islands. Um, the capacity of the, of the infrastructure is predicated against... Uh, increase and improvement on our amount of recycling so That's, it's not yeah. it's not all about the energy recovery facility yeah so there, there whilst the energy recovery facility does have capacity mm-hmm. it's about making sure that we have the diversion and then driving the community involvement and methodology and opportunity for people to divert their waste streams into different recycling elements mm-hmm. green waste going to composting dry recyclables going into the material recovery facility construction demolition waste going into that facility which typically you know that's about concrete timber steel mm-hmm. all elements that you know copper wiring right, things like right, that that right. has a has a re- recycling element mm-hmm. um some of which will be exported certainly your metal side of things but your your concrete can be crushed and then all of a sudden it becomes a secondary aggregate right so yeah. you know that that means you've you know you've got fill material and things like that as mm-hmm. opposed to have a complete reliance on quarrying which is great. Yeah. <laughs> we prefer not to keep digging yeah. in the earth, right? Yeah. Um, so in terms, you mentioned that the, the Department of Environmental Health kind of will be running the collection side. So I guess you might not know about the separation plans that, you know, will we have, you know, separate bins like you do maybe in Canada or the States or Europe, where you have, you know, your plastics, your cardboard, your your paper, your then the different kinds of plastics, you know, you can have the thin film plastic, type one, type two, all those things. 
Do you know anything about that? How will be? Well, I, I, I can't give you any really hard and fast yeah. facts because it is a DEH operation. Yes. I do know that it's absolutely within their in their consideration. And yeah. There has to be a synergy between the infrastructure developed and them providing yeah. feedstock essentially to that yeah. to that to mm-hmm. that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a um, um, and there is in development a, a rethink waste campaign Hmm. and that's on the education side of things Mm -hmm. um not as yet um in the in the public domain Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. but it has gone out for public consultation and in fact plastic free were one of the Mm -hmm. consultees on on Mm -hmm. that on that process um and that really related to uh material types going to various groups and community groups Mm -hmm. and um groups such as plastic free and um the Chamber of Commerce and various, both you know, commercial and not-for-profits, mm-hmm. um, really just to get an understanding of what what people would like to see, mm-hmm. um, how could it be articulated and best articulated to the community, mm-hmm. what would an education program look like mm-hmm. to, um, by way of different separation of materials, yeah. collection regimes. Well, that's the thing. Is it curbside? You billboard, take it somewhere. Correct. Yeah. So, and, and then the advertising and media side of things to go to that, be it yeah. radio or, yeah. um, you know, bus yeah. shelters or, you know, right. websites. You know, There's whatever. so much to it. So, so much, so <laughs> yeah. much to it. So, um, um, so that's, um, that's still in development and, um, you know, it's something that can run alongside, um, you know, hopefully the, development and the yeah of, of the regen project yeah and, it, um, and people can still have a say in too you know, can still have a say in it right? and um will certainly help um it gives dh some great data mm-hmm. with regards to them thinking around the strategy and rollout of their recycling initiatives be it awesome. curbside yeah. or you know more community bins or yeah um, right kind of depots for um or a mixture of both you know whatever Who whatever it ends up being <laughs> right yeah. okay cool so after the waste goes in, we have combustion, right? And then we have a byproduct of that being potash. Which fly ash. Fly ash. Which fly ash is or toxic? air pollution control residue. Okay. Is that toxic? And in terms of this, I, I, I saw on the website a term bottom ash processing. Two different um, things. Okay. So that doesn't have to do with the fly ash. No. So the um, combustion process, um, two elements. Bottom yeah. ash is, for all intents and purposes, whenever the waste goes over the grate, there are some elements that don't get combusted, mm-hmm. either because they're inert nature or they just don't like steel and right, things right, like right. that. Or, or yeah. um, glass would be a good one, or mm-hmm. ceramics and and things like that. Um, but if you, if you think about it as as a combustion process, not that came out. There's not many people in Cayman that have. Um, you know, fires like we would have had mm-hmm. uh, in your living room in Ireland or whatever when, right. uh, on a freezing night. So I, I get yeah. that. But um, they probably have barbecues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, you know, you burn your charcoal, it leaves an ash in the mm-hmm. bottom. And that's essentially an inert material. Okay. But it has a use as an opportunity to use for a secondary aggregate. I see. Okay. So that's your bottom ash. So that's your bottom ash. Okay. Um, there are recycling uh, elements within it, mm-hmm. main principally metals. Okay. So and primarily steel. Hmm. So that steel and those metals get pulled out. There's a separation process. Get mm-hmm. pulled out of the ash. So you've, you're then left with a um, a bottom ash um, that goes through a maturation process, mm-hmm. but it essentially leaves you with an inert material that can be used a bit like your crushed concrete as well, a as a secondary aggregate. Yes, that was what I, that's actually one of the questions that somebody had was, can we use that to create cement blocks? Meaning we no longer have to do. Limestone. Yeah, so, well, so cement blocks need, it would require quite a lot more processing and refinement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not to say that it, and it, in different places around the world, mm-hmm. it, it can generate that. Mm-hmm. It has quite a high power demand, though, I would oh, say, okay. uh, in that generation and process, level of processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everything with a, in a small island, relatively small island, mm-hmm. um, economy mm-hmm. you always have to weigh up that that balance right, um yes. yeah. of how much on island processing is the net benefit better to have utilizing the the power you might be generating put into the grid right and generating a sustainable power and offsetting diesel for example right um or generating products such as as not cement but like con- more concrete style okay um, blending 
Um, so uh, at the moment, I say that that's possibly a next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first step is that it does generate a secondary aggregate that can be used once again to offset primary quarrying of okay. of aggregates and, and which is and a great place to start, like so, <laughs> right? Um, and like all these things, over time there is an, an evolution. Yeah. There's, there's always an evolution. Yeah. Um, so it's a definitely a product. It, it'll it'll require work and time mm-hmm. to you know in consultation with the mm-hmm. government and the NRA and uh, and um, um, various organisations. There has to be a process to to get put this material into the market, but all very very achievable. Yeah. I would suggest. Yeah. Um, the fly ash is somewhat nature in as much as um, is it's it toxic or no. It, it's certainly in in countries we consider it as a hazardous material. Okay. Um, and you know broadly you could consider it as having a toxicity because Mm -hmm. it does contain heavy metals Mm -hmm. um, furans dioxins yeah so at the back end of the combustion process there's an air pollution control system okay which is essentially your um, scrubbing I don't know if that's a technical term or not that's the term that I know as well you're you're scrubbing the emissions (laughs) yes you're cleaning the emissions from the combustion process right. through um, typically through lime, okay, um, but also through bag filters and you know various various technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, the process that the energy from waste facility here is developed against is against the industrial emission directive standards and in, in Europe, European standards, right. which are currently global highest standards, right? right. Okay, uh, for emissions control. So you pull those dioxins out, and essentially they culminate in a in a fines. It's a mm-hmm. very fine kind of dust-like material. Mm. Okay. Um, and so our process, from a environmental and human health safety perspective, is that we bind that material with a cement and a uh, a polysanic, which is like a binding agent, okay. you could say. Mm-hmm. Is it you know it's a bit of a cake mixture. Yeah. Uh, it gets mixed up, and then that material gets um, put into the residual waste landfill which unlike the existing landfill is a fully lined facility. It has full leachate management system. Uh-huh. Uh, and that material goes off and sets like concrete, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it, it sets. So it goes into the RWL and then is essentially eliminated from the biosphere. And and how often would we be putting it into the... Well, that's a fairly continual process because right. obviously the energy from waste plant is Should be is, is operating... 24-7? 24-7. It will have operational downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and maintenance time, scheduling time, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, um, there's a there's a maintenance regime with cool. regards to, you know, how, ma- how often this this material is pulled out, blended, and put into the RWL. Okay. And a, and a strict, obviously, procedure around that. Right. And yeah, the scrubbing would definitely be important, as you know. There's a school, right? Yes. <laughs> right there, right? Yeah. So, so. Well, I mean, that's um, yeah. you know, the air quality assessment, yes. which was coming out. As a very well, they're all important chapters in the mm-hmm. environmental impact assessment. Mm-hmm. Is a um, you know determines a lot of those factors and models. Um, you know the facility obviously has to have a stack, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you know the air quality model will will determine. Yeah. Um, you know the emissions. So you'll but be monitoring we, that. It, and it's monitored twenty four seven. Right. Okay. And it will have a um, essentially a management system that will allow. Uh, community access, so so they can dial in, and they can see actually the performance of the oh, I love that of the energy from waste facility. That's wonderful. So it's a um, essentially a you, you could say a self-regulating mm-hmm. um, regime. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the standards that we've set. That's what the plant will have to achieve, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know that becomes very. I don't know if clear is the right word because EIA documents can be quite. <laughs> detailed in their nature and (laughs) can be quite technical we are doing our best to make sure that certainly in um you know there's initial summary chapters and of the proposed project and and the operating factors and things like that we make it as clear as we possibly can Mm -hmm. and that process obviously the eia goes through the draft eia goes through a public consultation process so the public will have an opportunity to ask questions and right you know if there's anything technically that they don't understand or mm-hmm. we're very very open to make it more clear yeah answering wonderful questions um is it a noisy process um 
Well, actually, I mean, the combustion process itself isn't particularly noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, turbines can be quite noisy. Okay, yeah. But similarly, um, noise is an important chapter of the IA. Yeah. So the design of the facility is such that you're putting those elements as far away within the envelope of the building, yeah. but designing the building so it's as far away from kind of neighbor and generating neighbor nuisance yeah and then the design of it with regards to insulation and lagging yeah. and things like that of the building there's a lot of noise mitigation yeah 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 so yeah. every every and this is really an important aspect of the ia yeah every aspect that or every element that could be considered to generate environmental harm or right. nuisance noise pollution, or noise pollution yeah. or is is identified. Mm-hmm. So as a baseline, what mm-hmm. what have we got there at the moment? Mm-hmm. Lots of cars going up and down the ETH. <laughs> Which is noisy. <laughs> the, the landfill itself with regards to, Machines. you know, methane and yeah. things like that oh, see, from right. air quality yeah. and odour and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, vehicles and things like that. So, so all of that's considered as a baseline. You then obviously have the consideration of the new infrastructure going on the site. Mm-hmm. And that will either increase or potentially reduce mm. the baseline so if you can take right. the uh, you know the consideration really is we're enhancing the environment the development of this infrastructure and then remediating the landfill right so it's an in the big picture it's a it's an absolute benefit yeah yeah um uh but then there's obviously the engineering mitigation factors that you build into the process and the design and, and actually construction facility to make sure that what you've identified as potential noise being one, mm-hmm. then those areas are appropriately engineered and designed with, you know, the... Um, that in mind. With, with that in mind, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's good to know. And to make sure they're all within acceptable parameters. Right. That's the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> we, do, we, we, there's no, we have no interest in being a bad neighbor. No, 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 no. It, can't ha- we're too small yeah <laughs> you literally can't afford it you could hear you in run point <laughs> yeah. you know so um, i can assure you that won't be the case <laughs> good awesome i love that um what about runoff into north sound and the percolation into groundwater will it affect the water treatment plant nearby at all with these emissions or with any of the other work that's going on no once again all models through um ground and surface water assessments okay um, but the reality is it's an enclosed system. Right. So, you know, you're, if we're talking about, you know, the main volumes of waste, you're transitioning from landfill to an enclosed system, combustion yeah. system, where there's no rainfall percolating through it. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially right. the waste is, is kept dry. Dry. Right. Um, um, the other infrastructure will have there's a surface water management plan really the only open air aspect of it is 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 really the um green waste right the, the composting is open yes. and that will obviously be bundan will have a it's organic you know, i guess too yes but at, at the at the same token yeah the, the first principle is on uh, with regards to contamination is um source pathway receptor so what's the source of any potential contaminants? Mm. What's the pathway? And in the instance you've just given, it could be, you know, through into groundwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the receptor is, and you, you mentioned the water authority. Or mm-hmm. It could be, you know, mm-hmm. well, it could, could be anything. Mm-hmm. The reality is we have to have an environmental management plan that recognises all the mitigation requirements and design elements that have come through the EIA. Mm-hmm. Um, and all water or physical elements of the of the project and their potential potential contaminants mm-hmm. have to be managed and maintained on site mm. so leachate tran- treatment yeah. facilities yeah. for the green waste and the residual waste landfill those those are in place mm-hmm. all surface water has to be managed on on site mm-hmm. um so you're you're just eliminating you know it's not a physical wall but but within the the various aspects of and facilities on site, you're mm-hmm. essentially engineering and designing it that there isn't that kind of flow of material outside. But the, but the reality is it's significantly reduced compared to landfilling in any case. Yeah, and emissions from the stacks will be <coughs> scrubbed to a high enough level that IED. it should be an issue. Right. So the, the yeah. European standards we discussed. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Cool. What happens in the case of a storm that you have storm surge from a hurricane uh, and your facility might be drowned, <laughs> for instance. Yeah. Will the ash be pulled out? What, 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 what is the situation there? 
Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the, the facilities are all being designed to for Cayman Hurricane yeah. standards. Yeah. Um, the energy from waste facility is being elevated. Okay. So um, it, it, as best as possible, is designed to um, withstand Anything. storm surges. Okay. Um, that's a very challenging question here <laughs> um, on, a, on a small island yeah. that obviously, with, you know, going back to certainly with Ivan has, has yeah. had yeah. Um, um, significant storm surge. But the processes are in place that inevitably a storm like that is probably going to generate some, some downtime. Yeah. Um, between the bunker and the residual waste landfill, it is being designed to still be able to accept waste because... Mm-hmm. It's actually waste out in the community and the clear up operations mm-hmm. is very, very important. And being a facility that can support that right. is, is essential for the community mm-hmm. from a environmental and human health perspective. Mm-hmm. You just don't want lots of waste in the community for no. prolonged periods of time. Not. So we have uh, an energy from waste facility that is being is, has a very robust design mm-hmm. and uh, comes as, as robust as you could possibly make it <laughs> right. with the situation mm-hmm. we're in but also reserve in the fact that we have the residual waste landfill, which is a contained lined landfill yes. that could take overflow materials. And right. So that's a residual one, and that's nice and contained, and it has all the proper... I, I kind of imagine it as a little like a little net going around the bottom of it. I know that's not at all. That's how my brain manages No, it. it's an engineered basal liner. It's what it is. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And so regarding our normal dump, our big dump, um, you know, the idea is to remediate it. And do you happen to know the overall toxic footprint or its impact right now in our environment? No. Yeah. Overall toxic footprint? No, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the last studies that were undertaken mm-hmm. um, for the landfill uh, were two reports. There was a risk-based assessment and a remediation options report okay. that were undertaken um, by... GHD, mm-hmm. the consulting firm GHD, um, published in 2021. Okay, it's not it's pretty not, recent. Not too long yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, and that kind of had a lot of data capture and, and kind of considered, um, you know, contaminants or potential contaminants that were Coming being traced offsite. Yeah. Um, so that uh, that's really the last... And that's what you kind of metric base. that we have. Well, that, I mean, that kind of supported then the remediation design and process. Okay. But I guess you know we're we're in a um, you know time is a uh, is always a factor with these yeah. things that um, you know the negotiations of regen are, are ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contractual negotiation regen, the waste doesn't stop, so yeah. the landfill footprint by nature has to expand. Yeah. Um, we have obviously been involved with the remediation of the North Mound right. um, uh, of the landfill, which is, um, from an engineering perspective, for all intents and purposes, complete. And we're now flaring gas, which is a, is a great outcome mm-hmm. with regards mm-hmm. to reduction of methane um, being vented to the atmosphere. Right. Uh, an engineered cap that's reducing um, sur- surface water infiltration and generating leachate and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, GEH are, you know, they have to keep providing a data a waste well data but but a waste disposal operation I see, I see, I see, I see. so so the waste has to keep going so we now are, we are now in what their area called the northwest expansion uh-huh. um and that area will be operational you know as long as up until that point in time there's a transition between landfilling and and into the new regen infrastructure right, right. fingers crossed yeah you know because remediation is we need it right we need it and we need data to support it and so i just I just, to me, it's so important that we always stay on top of that. And I know that's not your, <laughs> that's not what you're doing. It's it's the DEH that need to be, I guess, reaching out to you to give you that information. To- yeah, I mean, the DEH do undertake um, um, mon- some surface okay. and groundwater monitoring. Okay. And then they um, give that to you. And uh, so that there is some data okay, produ- cool. produced on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good, and I guess better than nothing. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. no, absolutely, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just an unfortunate fact that it yeah. it, it is it will come under some capacity yeah. constraints yeah. potentially, to, you know, towards the end. Yes, for sure. Um, and um, but the reality is, you have to have a point of disposal for waste. 
Right. So, okay, we're close to wrapping up here because I know you're a busy man. Um, I have to ask one question. I know you don't probably have the answer to it, but I have to ask. It's a bit controversial. There's been a lot of attention in the media about it right now, but it's in terms of the kind of the figures that have been thrown out for this project. You know, we've had $1.5 to $2 billion thrown out that it could bankrupt the country, et cetera, et cetera. I think the latest government press release had uh, the government's involvement, so they're half of the, the partnership at $11 million per year for all the components, components for the waste management system. And then over 25 years, that's quite a lot of money. So I don't know if you can speak to this at all. I'd assume not. <laughs> um, no, unfortunately not. And it, it absolutely wouldn't be appropriate to do so. We have clearly commercial restrictions yeah. and yeah. confidentiality clauses as negotiations are ongoing between mm-hmm. um, the Dark Consortium and, and the government mm-hmm. um, in the project. Um, the, you know, the, the reality is that it's been a fairly prolonged period of time now in in, in getting to a conclusion. But Mm -hmm. um, I think we all have a hope that it will get to a a conclusion. Um, And, I mean, the only thing is what I absolutely can't speak to specific figures. Mm -hmm. Um, I can absolutely say that um, everybody is working very hard to try and mitigate some of the um, cost aspects that have been thrown at the project way beyond our control, be that. COVID supply chain issues, right. um, you know, construction, energy costs, things like that. Mm-hmm. So so people are genuinely working very, very hard to look to mitigate those costs as, yeah. as best as possible. Um, um, and that's, that's really probably as much as yeah. I can, Thank you. I can no. talk to on that point. And that is okay. You know, I would suggest everybody go and make sure that they read uh, the Compass articles, the press releases, the most recent stuff that's come out from the government uh, to get more information on this. I will add that in the show notes so that everybody can kind of stay involved on, on kind of that. Because it is, you know, money, unfortunately, is a big part of our future and we have to make sure we manage it well, right? But also implement things like this, which are very necessary for us. So I think that's enough kind of, I've called it regen edumacation. Um, and I just kind of have two final questions for you. And it's kind of taking us in a completely different tangent, one that I hope, I don't know if you can answer. Um, but <clears throat> we have a lot going on with, you know, our east-west arterial highway happening with our central mangroves. There's a lot of debate, lots of environmental impact assessments going on with that. But DART also owns a very large part of the central mangrove, not in the same area as mm-hmm. any of this stuff that's happening, but it's still a question of what benefits and advantages are you looking at in preserving this critical ecosystem through natural capital asset structuring or nature-based solutions, or maybe the biodiversity, um, sorry, biodiversity plan to meet the international 30 by 30 goals that we agreed at COP15. Uh, uh, do you have any plans like that? From my understanding, capital, capitalized blue carbon in, in a large contiguous wetland is far more valuable than a fractured one right so it makes more sense if you're doing that to keep it all one together whole beautiful so what are your kind of plans for that i don't know if you know um well the honest answer is uh, it's not something i get particularly heavily involved with Mm -hmm. in dart um i would say that we have definitely and, and over the last couple of years have really worked hard to develop our knowledge base on right. on what you know those wetlands yeah. are and what what they mean mm-hmm. and um, you know in consideration of of development mm-hmm. um, and you know other members of the dark team and the executive have spoken to that you yeah. know before yeah um, so we still are in a, a little bit of a data capture phase if, okay. if, if I'm if I'm honest on that side of things with regards to the broader strategic aspects and what it means, Bella, I, I'm, I'm just not in a position or <laughs> in as much as it's not an area within yeah. my, my kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. jurisdiction jurisdiction or, yeah. or day-to-day work. Yeah. Um, um, but certainly recognising the, the importance of, right. of mangroves and, and wetland areas. And right. um, um, certainly when it comes to... Um, UN sustainability goals and, and, and developments, um, it's something we're, we're very cognizant of. I can't okay. say that. Okay, we're that's very, very good, cognizant. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. That's very good because it's, it's, a, it's a way to a sustainable future for us, right? Yeah. Making sure that the people who own these beautiful areas are aware of those things. So sure. That's, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Okay, well, lastly, I guess, so we're still several, you know, years away from this Regen project. What, what is it going to take us? 
to get there, what do you think? How many years? Well, um, you know, the, the, the current time frame is obviously, you know, the next major milestone is getting to financial close. Right, right, right. right. Um, as you're aware, the environmental impact assessment is, is ongoing. Right. And that will continue to proceed mm-hmm. and essentially be, um, we're currently scheduled for a public consultation in August okay. for, the, for the draft. Okay. Um, with that coming to a conclusion by the end of the year or very early. Okay. Um, uh, very early part of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's a, you know, the construction program commences from there. So really we're at the at the back end of 2026 rolling into okay. 2027 okay. Um, with various aspects of infrastructure coming on, coming online. Right. Um, so, yes, it is, it is some way away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whilst from a commercial perspective, you know, that, that it, those negotiations are ongoing with government, there's a huge amount of work still going on in the background okay. with regards to you know, facility design, mm-hmm. the EIA, mm-hmm. um, the the contractual engagement of mm-hmm. the of the contractors who are going to be building the facilities, the supply chain, the logistics. The, Still a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a yeah. lot, and it's it is a it's a very it's a complicated contract, and it's and it's certainly for Cayman, it's complicated infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by, by its nature, given some of the, even some of the size and um, type of equipment that's going to have to be Brought imported. Yeah. Right. right. So, you know, boilers and things like that. You right. Know, lots are, to are consider. Quite, quite sizable. So um, lo- lots to consider, but a um, uh, huge amount of work going on in the background uh, across all elements of the project. What do you think we as an island can do until then to be more sustainable? Um. I think there's an opportunity for us to all work harder on the waste hierarchy okay. and just and, and I, I understand why in so many aspects and this is where the you know the either the economics or the social side comes into that maybe recycling isn't in the top ten of mm. things that people need to consider in their mm-hmm. in their daily week it, it could be anything from putting food on the table for the kids mm-hmm. to well, get them to yeah. school to and, you know, yeah, other bigger life going, problems going to right work now. or finding work or whatever the, the bigger bigger life project uh, problems. But um, at, at the same token, um, the regen infrastructure is a tool, but the tool is only as good as people the people that are going to use it. Mm. And ultimately, you know, I, I consider waste in the same way that. But I, I have an expectation, I suppose, that. Um, almost like a life necessity so yeah i you know i expect to be able to turn on the tap i expect to be able to turn on the light mm-hmm. i expect to be able to flush the toilet mm-hmm. and you know the other one i expect to be able to do is um manage my waste appropriately mm. yeah and we just there's a big part of education in that because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know but what we certainly know is there's a lot of jurisdictions around the world that are doing source separated recycling and improving around the reducing, reusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from a community base right the way up to, to government and policy, legislation, regulation that goes along with that. Right. Um, so it's very much a combined effort. And obviously the government are working on their, you know, um, sustainability program, mm-hmm. um, energy program. Um, all of which kind of ties together. Um, and, and in a island community, having that kind of integration, integrated approach is, just generates benefit for everybody. I agree. Yeah. So, so I think in the, you know, the inter- intermediate periods, having boosting education, we'll certainly try and do our part through the Regen website, mm-hmm. uh, collaboration with with government as well, mm-hmm. we'll see where things go with the rethink waste, mm-hmm. and obviously um, working with DEH as well mm-hmm. um, to try and because little things can make a big difference if lots of people <laughs> yes. do it. Right? Exactly, I'm always saying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, little differences add up. A little differences add up, yeah. and so lot, lots of um, you know education presenting the opportunity and the tools for people to do it. Of course, of I, course, and I yes. understand. I understand that, yeah. and. Um, um, I'm personally super excited around the Regen project and the mm-hmm. infrastructure because it's it's a game changer for an mm-hmm. island from mm-hmm. an, an environmental perspective and and just managing our waste in a much better way. I agree. 
I'm excited too. I really hope we can do it. I really hope. Oh, it would be wonderful for us. I, it'd be a K-Man that I, I want to live, you know, fully come back, have my kids in, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's what it gives me hope for the future. Seeing a place where I want to come back with my kids one day, if, if I leave, you know, or if I, I don't know, you know? Yep. So yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That was a lot of questions. <laughs> so thank no, you so thank much. You for coming here and addressing them. I, I, I sincerely hope we can make it happen. And thanks for helping us get it off the ground. You know, I think we're like kind of almost hovering. <laughs> Ish. I don't even know if we're hovering it, but that's fine. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you, Bella. Appreciate the time. And thank you again to DMS Broadcasting and Bobo 89.1 FM and my pal Ryan Kirkaldi at Retrospect Media for capturing all this. You can check out our filmed episodes over on YouTube and follow us on social media at Protecting Paradise KY. A massive shout out to this week's episode sponsor and my dear friend uh, and our show's number one fan, Maxwell Johnson. And thank you for being, you know, our support, our love, and our just our reason for continuing to make these. We love you, Max. Um, if you'd like to also help us sponsor the podcast, you can go check out GoFunds. Just search for Protecting Paradise and any support you give us will just mean the world to us and allow us to keep doing what we're doing. Remember that you cannot care if you don't know. And thanks for joining me today. Remember, always open to your feedback and topic suggestions. So don't be shy. And I'll see you soon. Toodles. Toodles.